everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Couch with Bridges Mental Health. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. Diana. And today we're here with Shawnee Liang, who is a licensed clinical social worker in private practice based in New York City. So thank you, Shawnee, for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a licensed clinical social worker and also a trauma psychotherapist that work with young women and also adolescents in New York City. Uh, I specialize working with a woman in burnt out and how to uh, level up in their career and businesses and helping them get what they want and need in life. Great. We wanted to have you on the podcast to tell us a little bit about your experience with your name and how your experience with it has changed over the course of your life. So can you tell us a little bit about your name story? wherever you would like to start. Sure. So I guess I can't start without telling you a little bit about my identity. I identify as a Chinese American. I was born in Guangzhou, China. And at the age of five, I was imported to Los Angeles for three years. And then I was imported back to Brooklyn, um, New York. And I think that like my identity really changed when I first started, I was fresh off the boat. I would identify as a fob. And then I think after a few years, I noticed I hung out with a lot of ABCs, American born Chinese. And I think that's because I started to assimilate more and wanted to hang out with people that were born here. And as I'm older, I went from Chinese American to Asian American. And the silly thing with my name is that, so my Cantonese name is Learn San Lei, Learn San Lei. And, and basically when we immigrated in the Hong Kong, um, they changed the syllables. I think I was supposed to be Sandy, but because of the immigration clerk is Mandarin, it changed to a Shawnee instead of Sandy. And I just thought how different my life would have been if I was a Sally or a Sandy. Mm-hmm. One, like teachers will never mispronounce my name. Um, my name would not be exotic or stand out. Um, and And it would be a very American name. But I I really thought about my name a lot because I also found out that my mom was named Lena. And I didn't realize this, but it's an American name. And my grandma wanted my mom to have an American name because she wanted her to go to America. So it seems like a lot of the names have a lot of intentions. Hmm. Yeah, of like your mom being named that with the hope that she would one day go to America, even though you're growing up in China then. Right, right. It's almost like that this dream, there was this hope um, that my grandma started like really, really young. And I, I found out later on that my name also has meaning. So of course, like the surname is like my father's side. Um, and then 
And then the, the middle name San is actually means like coral sea, um, like Wu San Ho. Uh, it's like part of like one of the word of a coral. And I think of a coral as being very colorful, very vivacious and very deep in the sea. So I think of myself as a very deep thinker, very colorful. It's very natural, very beautiful, very unique. And lay, lay the last syllable, it just means like a woman, um, but it also sounds like a nun in, in Cantonese. And I, I think I do get kind of sad because my aunt told me later that because my, my uh, sound sounds like the mountain leaving in Cantonese, she said that it was actually bad luck and I should find another, another tone or another way of like character with the same sound um, because my parents were divorced and she think that it's because of my name. So I, I think that a lot in my, my Chinese culture, uh, name is very important and we're very like superstitious. So I think after, after having that name for a few decades, I was like, should I change my name or should I just keep it? But it's like so interesting because at different phases of my life, I always like had changes. Like I, and when I was young, I didn't like the name Shawnee. And then when I got my uh, citizenship, I was allowed to change it to Kelly. I thought, oh, Kelly would be such an easier name, but then I didn't identify as Kelly and it would be weird to have teachers call me Kelly. And the way my name is pronounced Shawnee is, I think it was actually originally Shani, but because a lot of English teachers uh, pronounced it Shawnee, it became Shawnee. So in a lot of ways, I think of Shawnee as a very American name, but it, it also a name that kind of attach who I am. And I don't want to like change that because if I do, I would lose a big part of myself. So would you say that at this point in your life, you're feeling more integrated with this name? It sounds like there, there were different points in your life where you you were unhappy with it or unsure about it, right? And where are you now with your name? Right now, I love it. I think I'm so glad. I really learned to love my name. It's very unique and it stands out. Uh, but it took many years of shame and many years of internalizing, like, worrying if like teachers can pronounce my name correctly but I think ironically the funny thing is people can pronounce the first name but struggle with the last name and I always thought the last name is like the easiest because there's so many Liangs. <laughs> yeah Shani I know you mentioned earlier kind of reflecting on how different you imagine your life would be if your name had been Sandy or Sally you said that you know growing up there was a sense of shame around having a unique name or a name that's different I wonder I wonder how you imagined that would have felt different for you or how you feel that that impacted you growing up I think I think about like the the Asian experience of just immigration and just how 
how Asians were not as cool in the 90s and just I can just imagine myself with my fobby haircut and my um, sweatpants. Uh, I'm talking about not like the jeans, but like the cartoon sweatpants that has strings in it and pockets like like with like raw belling. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not brand name, but it's just like I think about how much I stood out, but not in a good way as a little kid. Mm. And, and just also having that unique name, I, I just felt like it was very different, different in a way where you can't belong as a kid. And, and I remember wearing my first jeans and how, how that felt to get that acknowledgement from other kids saying like, hey, I like your jeans. But that was until like fifth grade. Yes, I I do think that I do think that if I had my name Sally or Sandy, it would be very easier for me to like hide behind that. Yeah, it sounds like your name feels really connected to just your experience of like acculturating to living in the U.S. You mentioned like even my clothes felt different than some of the other kids that I was going to school with. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I think I was like sitting the other day and, and then I was just like calling out my name and, and it felt, it felt kind of weird in a lot of ways. I think of a name as like, uh, what, what D.W. Winnicott says about transitional objects, a transitional space. I think of name as like a similar to identity, it's ever evolving and also ever changing with meaning. You can be playful and you can be creative. You know, like I can be Sean the next day, I can be Shawnee, um, but I can always change it and modify it a little bit to make it feel like good for me. I love that way of kind of viewing your name as something that is always changing and is always going with you. And when other people in the course of your history have changed your name, how was that for you to then adjust to how your name was being evolved by other people? I think it felt strange, really, because I I think like my mom my mom, like in Cantonese, like called me uh, San Nei. I, I think in a very, like my mom's very high pitch. So like I respond very well to her high pitchness. Like I can just follow that, that sound. But I think that when I was in school and, and not being able to like control how I want to be named. And then it was always constantly changing based on like the environment and where I was. Um, it was, it was stressful because like, I didn't have a choice. I didn't choose that name. And then finally, when my mom got her citizenship, I was able to change my name. And I was so excited. I thought about it for weeks, like, oh, finally, I get to get an American name, a name that I can choose from myself. And then I realized how much I was so used to my name and then changing it would it would just be like almost uh, taking away a part of myself that that was like very me. And I, I didn't want to do that. So like, I just kept my name. Hmm. 
I think it took like almost like 12 years to realize that I really like my name. You know, Shani, you, as you were talking about this, it reminded me of when I was young and in first grade, maybe first or second grade. And my Chinese name is my middle name. Um, so in the roster, everybody's middle initials were always printed. And, you know, as you're calling attendance, kids are always asking, what's your middle name? What's your middle name? And W is not a very, my, my, my Chinese name is Liao Wenli. And so Wenli was W in the roster. Not a lot of W names. I remember being in first grade, feeling anxious and thinking, I'll tell people my middle name is Wendy. Wendy, it's close enough to Wendy. And that was something that bothered me. And it's just one of those things that you don't realize like affects you so much. But I knew that to fit in, like having an American name would be helpful. But it also goes to show that even though I had my first name as Diana, I was still fixated on my name on the part that wasn't American enough. Yeah, as you were speaking to both of these, it's interesting because it makes me think about not my own experience, but you know, my my grandfather decided to not use his American name, even though he had been given one and his, his first name just because he didn't like it. And he decided to use his Japanese name Shiro his whole life. And it it's interesting, just recently, it's kind of a long story, but I was looking up something, trying to find something about him. And I found a transcript of a time that he had spoken to Congress in like the 80s and that they call him Sam. And then on the transcript, they correct it to Cheryl, which is also not his name, but like an American name. And then someone has to cross it out manually and write Shiro. So it's sort of like, it takes three times to even get close to what is something that was his name, which it, it just kind of speaks to sort of like the inescapable nature of it. Like people wanting to Americanize it or what that means for folks to have your name changed or not be recognized. Even on in like the, a government process where you'd expect for them to be accurate. Yeah, there was something strange about reading like them calling him Sam and him saying, my name's not Sam, even though it's in his name. And that's my name. <laughs> so it was a very kind of like weird circular experience. You know, Shani, I wonder what you might say to someone who perhaps is struggling with their name and how they feel about it. It sounds like you have sort of your relationship to it over time has changed a lot. I would say... I would say to somebody struggling with their name to really look inside and see if it feels right for them. Um, you know, I would try calling themselves and see if, see if like it feels right in the body. Does it resonate or does it just feel wrong? I, I think that because a lot of us don't get a choice how we're named when we're born, it's it makes sense that as we grow up, we can own the different parts of ourselves that we can integrate and change. It's ever evolving. It could be fun. It can be a process. And I don't think names should always be something that's forever, that we could have fun with it. I, I had a fun phase because of Facebook. I didn't want clients to search me up. Every three months, I would put a new name. And I would spell my name backwards. Um, I've tried different names. I had Shay. I had uh, Sean 
or Sean Nene, Sean Nene Yeye. Like I really (laughs) had fun with a lot of uh, the different names and just experiment and then find a name that resonates with you and in the body. Sometimes the best, I think the best thing is to check in with your body because your body really tells you if something's right or something's wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that idea of this is something that can be kind of like creative and fun and it doesn't have to be static. I think there are so many things or places or people in life that tell us like, well, you can't change that or that's just the way it is. But I really appreciate your approach around like, how does it feel for you to call it your own name? Like, does it feel like it's your right name when you say it out loud to yourself? I'm also in this like interesting um, transition now because I just got married in June. And now I had to think if I wanted to take my last name off and use my husband's last name. And that was like another time I thought about, oh, do I want to change my last name legally? Um, But I also decided to keep my last name because I feel like I worked really hard to be Shawnee Liang and I don't want to be owned by my husband. Mm -hmm. And I also don't I also don't like that if I take my last name away, then nobody would know I'm Chinese um, unless they see my face. And then there was also another struggle if I. If I go on the airport, my last name doesn't match with my documents. I will have a lot of issues. And I just thought, why, why do women have to change their last name? And why, like, why can't men change their last name? So I decided to keep my last name. Mm-hmm. But that, that was also a really hard transition that like, I was thinking about. Like, should I keep it or should I let it go? I relate to you, Shani, because I've been in that same decision of what I do with my last name getting married. And there was something important to me, too, of of wanting to make it still apparent that my name was Korean because Kim is the only Korean part of my name. Um, Like, I didn't want to let go of my name and I'm only still learning more about what it is like to understand my family history in Korea and to notice how that name is like that sort of transitional object over the generations. And so it felt important to me, but I hadn't really sat with that decision until now because my name was generally Americanized up until this point. Yeah. Like, thank you, Shawnee, for, for talking about this, because I think for some of us who have always just accepted our names without thinking too much about it because maybe we happen to get an American name or something, but I never thought about my name as something I could change. You know, it it was never, uh, yeah, it was never something I thought very deeply about. Right. Um, And maybe part of it is because I did like my name. I did like my first name. And, um, but yeah, I really love the idea of of playing with it, right? Of trying different names out. Why shouldn't it be something that we change about ourselves if we wanted to? Yeah, and I think also names should change as your identity change and how you you see the world and how you see yourself. Um, I also wanted to name just that like a lot of the clients I work with that are women of color or from another culture, usually the name comes with shame. 
And shame is a very powerful emotion. Internalize shame of not liking the Asian part of yourself. I'm wanting to exterminate that, get rid of that. It's very powerful and shame makes you feel very small in life, in your body. And, you know, just not liking your name, it really reflects not liking a part of yourself, you know, and that should be explored further by yourself, meditation, or even, even in therapy, like your sense of self. Because in a lot of ways, that's kind of like a loss, a loss that you can't, you don't feel accept. your name is not accepted in American spaces. Yeah, Shani, that reminds me a lot of, I recently spoke to someone about like helping kids and sometimes adults develop like a healthy Asian identity and what that means for people. And a big thing they talked about a lot was this idea of celebrating the things that make us unique and different. And I think that names can be a really big part of that. If you are the one student in your class who maybe doesn't have an Americanized name, or you live in a space where there's not many people who share your culture, how rather than looking at it as something that is shameful and different, looking at it as something that is kind of like unique and special. I I think shame does play a really big role for a lot of folks when it comes to that or even just the experience of having teachers like not be able to pronounce it or making it seem like that's something that's really difficult that's great I'm I'm now I'm kind of annoyed where were they when I was that's how I felt too Mm -hmm. about so much stuff in that episode (laughs) and now we have lunar new years off I feel like there is some progress you know I wish I had Chinese new year off or lunar new year off like back in the day yeah and you're talking to about like how you've played with your name and your name has taken many forms I think about how you mentioned the different parts of you mm-hmm. and I'm curious then Shawnee if you could tell us more about how you experience different parts of yourself based on your name taking on different forms or how if people give you nicknames like Sean and different things like that yeah I used to have this um American-born Chinese friend, and she would call me Shani because she didn't like Shani. And I felt like there was something very special because only she called me Shani. So I felt like it, it was like a home to me. Like uh, it's like a very like deep sister type of name. Um, and only my mom calls me like with her high pitch, like Sunny, Sunny. Um, and I remember I used to be a teacher, like, like a part-time job and these kids couldn't say Shawnee. So she'll still call me shiny, like shiny or sunny. And I just thought it was just so cute. So I feel like it, it brings me back to like different parts of myself, you know, as a sister, as a friend, as a teacher, as a daughter, um, when people mispronounce my name. Um, there's like these like different parts and then I remember I really liked Lucy Liu and Ally McBeal and I I started doing Lucy and just like took in those names and it it gave me a lot of courage Lucy was like this really cool and um, apologetic lawyer and Ally McBeal and I was like oh she's like so cool like uh, like she doesn't really hide and it, I, I think it bringed up parts of me that I was scared of. 
but when I had that name I was fearless like it almost like like an alter eagle it was really fun I also really appreciate even just like the agency and the choice I hear when you talk about this like I liked these characters or I admired this person and so I decided that's the name that I'm going to use right now when sometimes you know I know you were speaking earlier too around even just the specialness of having someone mispronounce your name and being able to think that that's cute that the kids can't necessarily say that like I hear both parts of it like the time where you chose it and maybe the times where it kind of just happened yeah yeah um did you guys watch turning red oh I haven't seen it yet but I've heard it's really good yeah so I feel like this Pixar movie really captures Hmm. really capture like little me like little Asian girls like growing up in the 90s she had to be very Asian at home Um, And then being very American in school. And then like at the end, like she integrates like both parts. Yeah. And it's, it's very beautiful. Maybe that can be your next podcast. Yeah. Such a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. They did a really good job. And I actually been using turning red in my therapy, you know, to explore with a lot of my Asian clients more about their upbringings and, you know, just using using a Disney movie to just explore. Even Encanto was amazing, you know, just talking about intergenerational trauma. Yeah, Soul's a, I've used Soul a couple of times in my work with clients. That one's very existential. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we start to wrap up, Shani, I'm curious if there's anything else that is on your mind or that would be important for you to share. I think to anyone that's listening, just to be okay where you are, uh, you know, you don't have to love your name. You don't have to change your name. I think it's okay to just stop and reflect and being okay with like wondering about your name and exploring it and and whether or not it works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, I think it's more fun to try if you want to try another name, but you can always start very small. For people who are interested in learning more about you or connecting with you, where can they find you, Shani? Uh, they can find me at therapywithshani, S-H-A-N-N-I.com. I also have an Instagram. It's uh, therapy.shani. Cool. We'll have all of this stuff linked in the description. Thank you so much, Shani, for sharing your story with us today and for getting into all of the different aspects of what it can feel like to reflect on your name. So we really appreciate your time. You're welcome. And I'm glad to be here today. Thanks so much, Shani. Thank you.